Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process, so you can spend less time imagining all of the things that could go wrong with your current cycle and more time living your life. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility acupuncturist, board-certified reproductive specialist, and mindset coach, and you've got episode 44. Hello, my dear. Thanks for showing up here again. And if you're new, welcome. If you are a person who spends a lot of time thinking about how you will react in your worst case scenario, this week's episode is for you. And if you're not sure if this is you, I want to clarify what I mean. When I'm talking about this concept, I often talk about home pregnancy tests as an example of this. So picture this. You're in your two-week wait, also known as your luteal phase or your post-ovulation phase, meaning you might be pregnant. Maybe it was a cycle where you had intercourse, or maybe it was a cycle where you did an IUI or an embryo transfer. Either way, you're in the part of things where there is really nothing you can do but wait. There are no more actions to take, no more procedures, and no more concern about the timing or, quote, getting it right. At this point, it's truly out of your hands, and you will just have to wait and see what will happen. And this is usually the time of the cycle that your mind begins to go to lots of different places. Obsession with symptoms like, are my breasts sore because I'm pregnant, or is it PMS, or is it a full moon on a Tuesday? And then there's the part where sometimes we fall down the Google or the Reddit rabbit hole. Searching for things like, did people doing my protocol with my infertility diagnosis with a similar circumstance conceive? Let me just read some stories to see what their outcomes might have been. And then there's the ever-present question in this period, to test or not to test. And what I mean by this is, do you pee on a stick to see if you're pregnant? And when you do this, it's early or quote, earlier than you're supposed to. Or do you just wait and go for your blood test at the clinic a few weeks after you theoretically conceived? This is a question that most folks ask themselves at one point or another during their infertility process, if not every single month. And my response to this, as with any other conversation about making a decision, is why do you want to test? Or just why? And the answer is often because I want to know ahead of time if I'm not pregnant. And then when I go for my pregnancy test at the clinic, it won't be as painful when the nurse calls me to tell me the news and I'll be, quote, prepared. I'm wondering if this sounds familiar to you. This is a thing that I call rehearsing for disappointment. It's what my coach Carlo and Pyle calls anticipatory stress. And this is when we spend some time, sometimes a great deal of time, exploring a worst case scenario at length so we can prepare for how we might think and feel and act during that circumstance. Because we think that if we experience the pain and negative emotion ahead of time, that it would somehow soften the blow if it actually turned out that way. So back to our home pregnancy test, which is not a blood test, so it isn't as reliable. There's still room for doubt in that scenario. And because you're testing early, your brain acknowledges the fact that there's still a chance that the blood test might be positive, 
even if you get a negative home pregnancy test. And I can clinically confirm this. I've seen it many times. So you haven't actually arrived at the negative outcome yet that's in your mind. You're just spending time in that possibility or planning to spend time in that possibility. And I usually advise against this and I'll tell you why. It's not because I believe that you can change the outcome of your cycle with your magical mind manifestation powers and that you can actually think yourself into pregnancy. That's not where I'm coming from here. The reason that I don't recommend spending time ahead of time in the pain of another failed cycle is because it doesn't actually make it hurt less when you get the official negative from your clinic. There are many other examples of how we can spend a lot of time in our negative outcomes and doing this thing that I call rehearsing for disappointment. If you're, for example, beginning a stim cycle for IVF and you spend a lot of time thinking about how you will think and feel if you get a small number of embryos than you were anticipating, that is rehearsing for disappointment. If you keep telling yourself, I'm probably only going to get one or two, This is usually because you're telling yourself that if you thoroughly explore what it will be like to be disappointed by the small number of embryos, it will hurt less when you get your final numbers back and they are less than you'd wanted. Another example, if you're awaiting results from PGTA testing and you keep telling yourself that you'll probably end up with all genetically abnormal embryos, you think it will make it hurt less if you get that outcome in reality. But here's the thing. Rehearsing for disappointment doesn't actually make an undesirable outcome any less painful. It doesn't make the negative emotions that you experience any less uncomfortable. It simply means that you are experiencing the pain twice, once in your imagination and once in reality. Now, I'm not advocating for blind, unrealistic hope or toxic positivity. There's a lot of that in the fertility community, and I'm not advocating for that here. I'm not about cheerleading your way through a hard process. It's important to acknowledge that it's hard. But acknowledging that disappointment is part of the process and that it doesn't mean anything's going wrong if you experience negative emotions during that process. That is very different than telling yourself that if you spend enough time in the possibility of a negative outcome, highlight being the possibility as opposed to the actual outcome, that it will hurt less if it comes to fruition. So you're probably thinking, okay, okay, I get it in theory, but my mind just naturally takes me there. What do I do to change this habit? And what I want to say first is that it totally makes sense that your brain would offer you this as the first option for coping with the uncertainty of a situation that's rife with uncertainty. Our brains are super efficient. They want us to take the path of least resistance. And if you're experiencing infertility, there's a good chance that you will have experienced disappointment on a fairly regular basis for an extended period of time in response to the same set of circumstances over and over again. It makes sense that your brain would take you there in your mind to prepare you for stressful or disappointing outcomes. Our brains are wired naturally to remember the bad stuff more than the good stuff. And this comes from their historical tendency to remember danger, which before agrarian culture and modern sanitation meant that we needed to know what was safe and what was dangerous. We needed to know where the thing was that was going to eat us and which berries would poison us and where the predators were. And our brains are not sophisticated enough on an instinctual level to recognize the difference between running away from a bear and the stress of a disappointing outcome in your IVF cycle. So of course, 
Your brain remembers and stores the information about that disappointment and stress each time it happens and says, yep, we need to avoid that in the future. Let's do everything we can to remember what led to that outcome and be very aware of it maybe happening again. And it's also interesting to notice that the brain tends to not remember the pleasant stuff or the triumphs or the things that did go right or the good outcomes. It tends to focus on the stuff that your brain perceives as dangerous. The instinct of remembering and rehearsing for the worst case scenario isn't super relevant or super helpful in modern day context. At the same time, it totally makes sense that it's there. So what do we do with this? The first step is to notice when it's happening. Sometimes we can catch our thoughts directly, as in, do you find your mind drifting to and exploring these worst case scenarios regularly? If so, we just want to notice that. And sometimes we can recognize it from the feeling that it creates when we are doing it. If you're feeling particularly heavy or down or sad or anxious, check in with yourself. Are you imagining undesirable outcomes, which create the negative feelings that you're having? Do your feelings come up consistently? That might be a clue that you're rehearsing for disappointment in your mind without even realizing it. And when we just notice that we are doing this, We can allow these thoughts and feelings to be there. We don't have to get rid of that mechanism entirely. It's just our brain trying to protect us. But a good way to interrupt this is just to simply see that we are doing it and ask ourselves if we really want to keep the thoughts that our brain is offering up. Because at the end of the day, it's completely up to you. Because you are someone with consciousness, because you have a prefrontal cortex, because you are an autonomous human, you actually get to make the final decision for where you would like your mind to go, especially if you can take a moment to notice it. Another thing to keep in mind is that even if you have a bit of a light bulb moment with this, even if you're like, yep, that's it, that's what I'm doing, it probably won't resolve immediately. Your brain has a firmly established habit And in order to set a new default, you will need to create a new neural pathway. So if you notice that your mind is always going to the worst case scenario by default, nothing has gone wrong. It's just something that you've practiced over and over and over again. In fact, it's an indication that you have a functioning human brain. And if this is the case, can you find compassion for the part of you that just wants to keep you safe? And what we need to do to reverse this is just practice putting a new thought in there over and over and over again, and eventually that will become habit. Another thing that also can be really helpful is to practice just simply allowing all of the negative emotions that come up. Negative emotions tend to be problematic when we resist them and tell ourselves that they shouldn't be happening. I did an episode all about negative feelings, and I'll link it in the show notes. Paired with this episode is a short guided mindfulness exercise to help you process what you're feeling in the moment. It's less than five minutes and it starts working right away. If you want to grab that audio recording for free, you can head to michellecapler.com forward slash toolkit to get access to the infertility stress relief toolkit, where you'll find the audio and some other goodies that you can download and take with you wherever you go. And if you're looking to take this work a little bit deeper, you can head to the show notes to learn more about how you can work with me. That's it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my dear.